Well, Merry Christmas once again. Excited that you're here. You know, kids, while you've been in Sunday school the last three weeks, we've been talking our way through one verse in Isaiah with this theme, for unto us a son is given. And it's the promise, there's a double meaning in this title, as you can see from the graphic, that we are also forgiven because the son was given. And at the end of this verse, we're going to read it in a couple minutes, uh, there are four names for Jesus this morning. We're looking at the name Prince of Peace. But that made me think, like, what comes to mind when we think of the word prince? What comes to mind when we think of the word peace, as we start to apply that to Jesus? Now, if you're an older person in the room, you might think of Prince Charles, who is now King Charles, right? Who was married to Princess Diana or Prince Harry or Prince William, if you follow the, the royal family stuff. Or perhaps the first thing that came to my mind was the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, where Will Smith got his start. Or perhaps you think of Prince, the artist. You remember that time in Prince's career when he was the artist formerly known as Prince and he went by a symbol? Like, that was weird. But I digress. Uh, what about, uh, this one might be more familiar to the kids in the room, the Prince of Egypt, right? The animated movie about uh, the life of Moses. And, uh, and then there's, for those of you Disney fans in the room, Prince Charming, which brings to mind all of the princesses, the Disney princesses, we're not going there this morning. We'd be here for a while. But Prince Charming, uh, one of my favorite princes in the realm of fantasy is Prince Caspian from the Chronicles of Narnia. And uh, if you're familiar with those, those are great, great books. But what is a prince? A prince is the son of the king or queen or king and queen, right? He's the one that is given the responsibility for the rule and will of his parents. And when we talk about Jesus as the prince of peace, we're talking about him as the prince, as the, as the son of God. One scholar I was reading said that Jesus doesn't just have the responsibility to carry out the rule and will of his father. He has the ability to carry out the rule and will of his father. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Well, what about peace? In the Bible's idea of peace, we don't have time to look at it in its entirety this morning, is, is much more holistic and bigger than we think of, but probably we think of the absence of conflict, right? It's, peace is when you're no longer fighting with your sister, right? When mom and dad aren't having a discussion, when Democrats and Republicans aren't arguing, when there isn't war, the absence of conflict. And peace, uh, that term peace probably brings different things to, to mind to different people. You know, kids, for your mom, or if you have a stay-at-home dad, or whatever your situation is, if they're home alone all day with you as the kids in the house, peace to them equals nap time. Maybe, if you actually stay in your room and, you know, do your thing. What about for the sailor? on deployment in a hostile place? What about for the police officer on the streets when we're asleep? What about for the young person that's coming of age and, and concerned about the turmoil of our world or even concerned about our environment? What about the person secretly struggling with addiction and with const constant temptation and struggle? This morning, we're gonna see that Jesus is a different kind of peace and that the peace, a different kind of prince rather, and that the peace that he offers is different than what we expect. Jesus brings peace to earth, to the world, one heart, one life at a time. Jesus, uh, one scholar said, makes it possible for slaves to become sons. For those that are deep in debt 
to have an eternal royal inheritance and for those who are lonely to find a family, even a family like this one, like GBC. And so we're going to be looking at this one verse and uh, I want to read it together this morning. I'm going to ask you to stand together. We're going to read this verse out loud. Kids, you can uh, shout it along with mom and dad. This is Isaiah 9, verse 6. And we'll see the name Prince of Peace here. Ready? Together. For a child will be born for us. A son will be given to us. And the government will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Okay, you can go ahead and sit. As you sit, I want everybody in the room to fold your hands just like this. Everybody in the room, fold your hands just like this. Yep. And then we're going to put our hands in our lap, and we're going to bow our heads and close our eyes. Everybody together. And I'm going to pray and invite God to teach us. Father God, we thank you for your word, the Bible. Holy Spirit, teach us what you want us to know about Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Amen. Great job, great job. So I have three points for us this morning. Uh, we're gonna go through them very quickly. The first one is this. When we trust in Jesus, we get his peace. When we trust in Jesus, we get his peace. Kids, when we walk with Jesus, we experience his peace. When we walk with Jesus, we experience his peace. And when we talk about Jesus, we share his peace. That's our three points for this morning. So let's begin with when we trust in Jesus, we get his peace. The Bible says that comes through the cross, that Jesus came from heaven to a manger. That's what we're celebrating today and tomorrow. That's what we're excited about, that Jesus came. But what difference does it make? Why did he come? The Bible says he came to grow up, to take on our sin, to go to a cross. Listen to what Paul says in the book of Ephesians. He says, but now you have been united with Christ once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near through the blood of Christ. For Christ himself has brought peace to us in his body on the cross. That's what the peace of Jesus is. That peace is restored between me and God. Paul says it's by faith. In Romans chapter 5, we read, Therefore, since we have been made right with God, right? My relationship with God restored through faith, which simply means trust. We have, there's our word, peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. When we trust in Jesus, we get his peace through the cross by faith. The peace that Jesus offers is a different kind of peace. Now you might say, well, why do I need God's peace? Well, here's something that is very, uh, you may have never heard before, maybe even some of the adults. The Bible teaches that we are basically bad, but capable of doing good because of God's grace. The world teaches that we're basically good and we occasionally do things wrong. Try to tell that to a parent of a two-year-old. It's just not true. You don't have to teach your kid to be rebellious or say no, right? It's in us. And the Bible says that God is a perfect judge. He's a, he will punish all evil, not just that really bad evil person out there, but my evil, my thoughts, words, deeds, that he will punish it. It's what the Bible calls hell. Now you might say, gosh, it's Christmas Eve. That sounds harsh. But it's not if you think about it. Imagine with me, if you will, a police officer on the street and, uh, and he comes upon someone who's doing something terrible. Let's say they're, they're beating up or hurting children, 
right? This, you have this person who's hurting children, or maybe they steal all the money and all the belongings from somebody, and the police officer comes to that person and says, because I'm a nice police officer, I'm gonna let you go. Would that be a good police officer? No, no, but let's say that police officer does actually arrest that person, that they would be punished, that the innocent would be protected. And that person goes and they stand before the judge in court and the judge sitting up high, he says, I've heard the evidence and it's true that you hurt children and you stole money and you did these terrible things, but because I'm a good judge and a nice judge, I'm just gonna let you go. Would that be a good judge? No. You see, God is a perfect law enforcer and a perfect judge. And he punishes us for our sin because it's the right thing to do. Now, we're here on Christmas Eve. How does God punish evil and deal with my sin, but also give me his perfect love? How does he balance justice and love? He sends Jesus. And Jesus goes to the cross. Jesus, who is sinless, and he absorbs my punishment in himself. The peace of Jesus is different than what we expect. He brings peace to the world one heart at a time. It's peace that comes from knowing that my sins are forgiven. So I've got three questions for you today. Here's the first one. Have I trusted in Jesus as my savior? Have I trusted in Jesus as my savior? This is not just for the kids. This is for those of you online. It, can I point to a time in my life when I said, Jesus, I can't do this on my own. I know I'm jacked up using the vernacular. I need your forgiveness through the cross. I trust you. I receive your peace. If you have never received Christ as Savior, you can do that right where you're sitting just by echoing to God a, a prayer, something like that. God, I trust what you did for me on the cross. Forgive my sins that I might walk with you, which brings us to our next point. So when I trust in Jesus, I get his peace. When I walk with Jesus, I experience with his peace. Paul says it's a lifestyle of peace. Listen to what Paul says to those who are believers in Jesus this morning. This is one that indicts me. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Boy, do we get this one backwards. Give God your everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's, together, peace, which exceeds or overflows abundantly anything we can understand. His peace, listen to what peace does, will actually guard and protect your hearts and minds in Jesus. We walk with God. We experience his peace. Jesus says in John's gospel, he says, I have told you these things so that in me you will have peace. Well, what are the, these things Jesus is talking about? It's all the things he'd said prior to John chapter 16. Things like, I and the Father are one. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I'm going to prepare a place for you that I will come again, that you could be with me where I am. And Jesus says all of those things he's communicated through the gospel of John that we might have peace. And then Jesus leaves us with this promise. It's a tough promise. In this world, you will have trouble. Boys and girls, men and women, how many of you can say sometimes in this life we have trouble? Right? Sometimes life is hard. There's not a hand in the room that shouldn't be up. Right? In this world, Jesus promises you will have trouble. But what's the rest of the promise? Take heart. Have peace. I have overcome the world. Jesus' peace the Bible teaches, will one day overtake the world. 
all wars, all conflicts, all arguments, all anger, all of it, his peace will pervade it someday. But I can choose today by walking with him, as Paul talks about, to allow the peace of Christ to rule in my heart right now. The peace of Jesus is different than what we expect. It comes to the world one heart at a time. So will I choose, will you choose to trust Jesus even in the hard things I'm facing? I don't know what your hard things are. But I've lived enough of life and I've lived enough of it walking with Jesus to be able to attest to this teaching in the laboratory of life that when I've walked with Jesus, I've experienced his peace. And I would claim that this scripture is true, so I leave us both, and yet there are times where I don't trust him. And I need this reminder too. But you know, we're not the only people in the room if perhaps you're in a tough time or if you, maybe it's been a hard week. But you're not the only one. Right, there's a whole world full of people who are worn out, discouraged, guilt-ridden, shame-filled, anxious, depressed. And so it's not just enough that, that when we trust in Jesus, we get his peace. When we walk with him, we experience his peace. The Bible says that when we talk about him, we share his peace to other people who need to know. The Bible says actually that it's beautiful when we share God's comfort. Listen to this verse in Isaiah. It says, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the one who brings good news, news of salvation, news of rescue, news of saving. So I want everybody to do this real quick. Everybody, boys and girls, you can pay particular attention. I want you to look at your feet. Everybody look at your feet. I'm looking at my feet. You look at your feet. Okay, you can look up. Now, how, do you have beautiful feet? You can shout out yes or no. Do you have beautiful feet? Yes? Anybody? I'm not hearing any no's. Everybody thinks they have beautiful feet. Interesting. You know, the Bible teaches, the Bible teaches that if you're a believer in Jesus, every one of us can have beautiful feet. Now, I know if you've got like a five-year-old and under, you're going to have to go home and explain that this was a metaphor. <laughs> what does the Bible mean here? Well, Paul in the New Testament answers this question by saying, Isaiah tells us how to have beautiful feet. Paul asks this question in Romans. He says, how then can anyone call in the name of Jesus if they've not believed in him? And how can they believe in Jesus if they've not heard of him? And how can they hear about Jesus without somebody telling them about him? And how can anyone tell them unless they are sent? But Isaiah says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Paul says, all the way back in the Old Testament, God said, You've been sent to share good news. You know, our associate pastor, Zach, often ends our services with, you're not dismissed, you're sent. That's because that's the truth of scripture. If you believe that you have, by trust and faith, received God's peace, and as you've walked with him, you've experienced his peace, then it's automatic that you have beautiful feet, that you tell others and share his peace. It's like shining a bright light in a dark tunnel where someone is lost, desperately lost, and shouting down into that tunnel, Mandalorian quote, this is the way. This is the way. You know, one of the things I really love about my job is that I get to uh, listen to Christmas music way ahead of the rest of you. I don't know what your rules are, but we always had these rules about Christmas music. But because we start thinking and planning and praying and studying about Advent, Christmas time, way back in August, and I start uh, preparing messages in earnest in late October, so I start listening to Christmas music then. One of the great privileges of what I get to do. And I was struck by this lyric 
It's interesting that our opening video touched on it. We touched on it a couple times. It's called Light of the World by Chris Tomlin. And he says this. He says, you, Jesus, became flesh, living as one of us under the shadow of the cross. You see, Jesus came from heaven. He went to the manger, but then he went from the manger to the cross where he continues, through the blood you shed, you have made peace again. Peace for the world that God so loves. Light of the world, you shine on us. The peace that Jesus offers is different than what we expect. My friends, young and old, moms and dads, little kids, it begins with one heart at a time, your heart, your life. It comes from knowing that I belong to Jesus forever and I want others to know that peace. So third question is this. Have I told others about the peace that Jesus offers? Chances are there's somebody in your, uh, in your life that comes to mind when you think about that. Have I told others about the peace that Jesus offers? And maybe this is your first time hearing about Jesus. You say, well, what exactly is the peace that Jesus offers? He promises to forgive my sins. Every word, every act, every thought, he promises to forgive. But he also promises to make right all the wrongs that have been done against me. Maybe this is really important for some of you to hear. Some of you have been really hurt. God has seen every word and every deed that's been done against you, and he will put it to right. If nothing else, he absorbed it on the cross. And finally, he promises to be that I will be with him forever. And it all began with, for unto us a son is given. The Son of God given to us that we might be forgiven. Amen? I want to share with you one last scripture. We've already heard it this morning, but I want to read it again. It's from Luke's Gospel. Stand with me this morning as we conclude. Luke telling the story in his account in the Gospel of Luke writes these words. He says, Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God on the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. May we trust in God and get his peace, walk with God and experience his peace and talk about him and share his peace. Amen. Merry Christmas, everyone.